Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Does President Biden think the anti Israel protesters in this country are extremists? What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and be uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017. And welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It is the first of November year of our Lord, 2023. Yeah, got a lot of sound bites today. It's the same old shit because, you know, instead of actually uh, addressing the simple fact that the world is a gigantic shit pile, we're trumping, baby. We're trumping. Little Moss today, we're going to do some lighter fare with music because, you know, I haven't done music in forever. I used to do music, you know, like play songs and say, hey, this is something that I like. But, you know, uh, I kind of shut that off for a long time because I was listening to podcasts and life sucked, but now I'm like all back into music. So we're going to do some music today, do a music hit, and a woke. So we're going to start off, I'm going to play only a little bit. This is a uh, full 10-minute screed from, I always fuck her name up, uh... Bylock, Mayim Bylock on anti-Semitism in Israel. Hey everybody, um, this is not scripted, which um, I feel like if I start writing what I'm feeling, I may never stop. So. Um, I decided to t- talk a little bit about um, what some people may not understand about what your Jewish friends are experiencing. Um, so imagine if there was a, a massacre of an ethnic group or a religious group, um, the equivalent of 50,000 Americans and Imagine if what happened after that was that all over the world, there were marches of tens of thousands of people calling for further massacre of those people. I I can't imagine it. It's unimaginable. And that's what it feels like right now as a Jewish person that 
no matter your politics, no matter what you understand or don't understand about politics, no matter if you know the history of the establishment of the state of Israel, no matter if you know the history of the Jewish experience for thousands of years, including the history before Islam, there, there has not been an experience in my lifetime that has prepared me for this. I have heard from many people my whole life that anti-Semitism is growing, that the Holocaust, while we say we will never forget, many have forgotten. They're on the wrong side of history. Do we remember this poor young German lady? Yeah, they said that she wasn't dead, and even though people showed her in the back, she wasn't dead, she wasn't dead. Yeah, they beheaded her. And this was released, but the media was asking this. enters this sort of next phase of this conflict. You know, the president again urged Prime Minister Netanyahu to act in a manner consistent with international humanitarian law. Does the president still feel, or does he feel that, that Israel is abiding by the rules of war? But the uh, terrorists, I might add, terrorists, I might add, that are using innocent Palestinians as human shields. But is the president concerned that Israel is going to break the rules of war, and if not, why does the president feel the need to repeatedly bring this up, and it seems every conversation that he has with him? Because it's something that even the prime minister brings up in the conversation. The U.S. ambassador to the U.N. said that we should not be numb to the suffering of Palestinians, whether it's the journalists, ordinary people, or aid workers. The number now is 53. Every time we sit here, the number goes up. And also, it said the Children Fund um, said that the number of children was killed in Gaza is more than the whole world conflict since 2019. So why getting your message, you keep saying that we don't want civilians to die, and you ask Israel to exercise restraint and to abide by international law. Why getting your message is not getting through to the people in the Middle East? They actually, basically, they don't believe that the U.S. is doing enough to protect civilians. So on Friday, the U.N. General Assembly called for a humanitarian truce. 120 countries voted for it, the United States voted against it. The death toll in Gaza keeps rising. Is the U.S. at any point calling for a humanitarian ceasefire? We, we do not believe that a, a ceasefire um, is the right answer right now. There is so much fucking anti-Semitism in my, our media. It, it's fucking... It's just fucking sad. Because that's all I talk about. That's it. I could play a soundbite of him saying that the rise in... There is some anti-Semitism, but, you know, there's anti-Islam, too. We, we got a, Islamophobia is so bad because that's all they want to talk about. I mean, that's pretty much it. So, for our media hit today... And our media jerk off. This is uh, not going to be what you think it is. It's got a little bit Muslim, but or uh, Islam. No, sorry, 
Israel. But what it really is about is that the GOP is bad. Because whenever you can, you know, you can't let that crisis go to waste. You got to take something horrible in the world and say, ah, Trump. I am a politic, the media jerk off of the week. So hot. Uh, yet, yet, and and the fact that, that one Congresswoman Fox said, "Shut up!" <laughs> right, yes. shut up. It, yes. It's it's anti-democratic. Yes. They are anti-democratic. They simply are. That's a fact. Uh, Plus, anti-Semitic incidents up nearly 400 percent in the U.S. and anti-Muslim incidents on the rise since the Israel-Hamas war began. The war in the Middle East is fanning the flames of hate here in the U.S. Today, the Anti-Defamation League said anti-Semitic incidents have spiked by about 400 percent in recent weeks. Threats against Muslims and Arabs are also on the rise. As tensions are rising across the United States, so are incidents of anti-Semitism. The Anti-Defamation League reports at least 312 anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S., including harassment, vandalism, and assault, in the nearly three weeks since the Israel-Hamas war began. That's up from 64 during the same time last year. We've never seen the intensity, and we've never seen the spread like we're seeing right now. Last week, Attorney General Merrick Garland warned about increased threats to Jewish, Muslim, and Arab communities. The Council on American-Islamic Relations reports 774 anti-Muslim incidents since October 7th, the highest in nearly eight years. Just start with what an extraordinary moment just happened in court. I mean, you have the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, and current criminal defendant and current civil defendant, Donald Trump, testifying in open court and having a judge say, I find you not credible. And Trump occasioned this by basically having blatant disregard for a judge's orders. Andrew and I, Lisa, we all know if a judge tells you not to comment about something, you shut up, plain and simple. And here the judge had good reason for this gag order. He feared violence and feared intimidation. And what's Trump's defense? Oh, I wasn't doing it against a clerk. I was doing it, saying it about Michael Cohen. I mean, it speaks volumes about Trump's character that his defense for his remarks is he was actually launching a public attack on a witness instead of on a clerk. That's his defense. Um, and, you know, I worry about it for the future because I think that this $10,000 fine is not um, that large um, in the end, you know, certainly not for Trump. I mean, if the trial's proved anything, it's that Trump isn't as wealthy as he wants people to think he is. But $10,000 fine is not going to do it. And if this behavior continues, as I suspect it unfortunately will, I think we are looking at the prospect of jailing the former president. You know, Russ, there is an historic sort of thud, right, to hear that sentence uttered. There's also something so on brand about the buffoonery, about the fraud. I mean, this is how he rolls. This is what your meticulous Pulitzer Prize-winning reporting yielded years and years and years and years and years before this lawsuit even existed. This is the same Trump story. This is the same reaction to reality, which is that Trump... Trump's wealth was never as big as he said it was. 
All of it came from his father. He squandered and lost a lot of it. He didn't grow it. He actually shrunk it, a word he seems allergic to. And today, the big fraud as has been found in a court of law not being Stuart Stevens has spent the majority of his decades long career getting Republicans elected to political office. But his latest book is a warning to the country, not just about the current state of the GOP, but what he says is its threat to American democracy. I spoke with Stuart earlier today about that book, The Conspiracy to End America, five ways my old party is driving our democracy towards autocracy. Stuart Stevens, welcome to the News Hour. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So in your book, you lay out five driving forces on the right that you say are working in concert basically to end our democracy. You list them as propagandists, the support of a major party, financers, legal theories to legitimize actions, and shock troops. But I want to begin with this idea of support of a major party because you draw a pretty alarming comparison. In the book you write, what happened within the Republican Party in 2016 was a repeat of the rise of National Socialism in the 1920s and 1930s in Germany. So that was uh, CBS and a very repulsive statement. Hate spike is equal between Jews and Muslims. That's not true. Uh, PBS that we pay for... Uh, GOP are Nazis. Nicole Wallace, Trump like a disobedient dog rolling in poop. And John King, GOP is anti-democratic for telling reporter to shut up. Nope, you know what? Fuck you guys. You, you don't get that. You're siding with people who beheaded friggin' babies. This guy is the New York Times. going to show you when I get down to it because it's made for phones. When you get up here, it's really horrible. I wanted to, you to see his face. So when you see him again, because you will, A baby was found in an oven baked to death by Hamas terrorists, leading Israel's first responders to recount it in an RGA, RGC gathering last night. His group was among the first to respond with or without baking powder. The New York Times employs, employs him. You know, the, I remember watching a video of Roberts. Having his balls cut off and then stuffed in his mouth. And I remember I had a, a hate that I couldn't process. And I watched it in uh, Pakistan. It was right after Operation Anaconda. We just went to guard shit, predators, take a break eat real food, that kind of stuff. At no time did I want to kill women and children. At no time. It, it just, that never came out. And, and I don't understand. I just don't. 
Here's uh, Ham and Prashib Shakur to expose the hypocrisy among Hamas supporters. Shakur, some people that wanted to destroy J.K. Rowling for saying there are only two biological genders and hold her account financially and otherwise for those words are now upset when we hold them to account for their anti-Semitic rhetoric. Ham, you're lingering genocide me with your incorrect pronoun users. Megan Kelly. What do y'all think decolonization meant? Vibes, papers, essays, lures? She, for WAPO. That's, that's the WAPO. And, and I, I really just want to linger on this because any way you, you cut this up, I thought Trump was going to get us into war. I was told that Trump was the devil and that we were going to go to war. But now it's Biden. And I say unto you, oh, far left liberals, when vice is showing that Hamas is garbage, you got a problem. And here's four minutes. These guys are extremely concerned about security and us not knowing where we're going. So they're going to be blindfolding me and taking us to the next spot. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. We are about to reach two meters. Okay, you can stand here, don't move. Wow. Okay, this is the final entrance. So we're having to take all of this off. Absolutely nothing is allowed down. We're having to give over our cameras, give over everything before we go down there. And uh, we'll take their equipment from now on to make sure that there's absolutely zero tracking devices or any way of anyone knowing the location of where we're going to. These tunnels are built to be out of sight from Israel's drones and have been used in the past to launch attacks on their enemy. On the night that Hassan's family were killed, 160 Israeli warplanes dropped 450 missiles and shells in just 40 minutes. The IDF says this was with the explicit intention of destroying Hamas's underground tunnel network. Watch out, you are about to rise. We were given exclusive access inside these still active tunnels. These Hamas militants are internationally designated as terrorists. So we're currently deep, deep underground somewhere in the Gaza Strip. Got permission after days and days of back and forth talking about security issues. But they have finally let us down here because they're keen to show that despite the fact that Israel says that they've destroyed over 60 miles of these tunnels, that they're still going strong. They are rebuilding their tunnels. They've still got an extensive network that they can use to move people around and to store weaponry. What makes you so certain that joining Hamas, joining the Al-Qassam Brigade, and ultimately turning to violence is the answer here. There's no other solutions, but this weapon. Abu Khalid is 25 years old. He's one of thousands who joined Hamas as a teenager and has been active in the group ever since. 
The fact that you're down here in tunnels that have been built under civilian areas, you're launching rockets from civilian areas as well, doesn't that mean that you're endangering Palestinians that you claim to be fighting for? We are sacrificing ourselves and our times and, and everything we do in order to ensure a better future for our children. But are you also not sacrificing the civilians that are directly above you? Of course, we don't want them to get killed or to get targeted. But this is the only choice we have. This is what we can do. And they are supporting us. You can go to the sea, you can go to the air, you can go to anywhere. So that's why we are building tunnels. This is the only mean which is possible for, for uh, Al-Qassam brigades. Over 250 Palestinians are dead after this just 11 days. You know, 13 Israelis are dead. This is just one of so many escalations over the last few years. And it's only a matter of time before the next one. Okay. What is any of this really achieving? The one who started this war, not Hamas or not the Palestinians, but the Israeli occupation. And, um, but you guys fired the first rockets. Who said that? We warned them. We told them not to and uh, storm our holy land. We're talking about a holy site for Muslims. It doesn't mean that the first rocket was launched from Gaza, mean that we started the war. The first aggression has, is, is the occupation. They stormed our, our home. So it will keep going unless the Israeli... They're, they, they would kill every one of these lefties. Every queer for Palestine would be murdered. 100% murdered. And there was no media outrage over the airstrikes. Oh, Jennifer, this sounds like huge news. Sean, we can report um, based on senior military sources that U.S. warplanes have carried out airstrikes tonight inside Syria against Iranian proxy forces. We don't know the number of strikes. Uh, we were told earlier today that to expect that perhaps uh, F-15s and F-16s would be involved in the airstrikes, but we don't have confirmation yet how, about how many warplanes. But those strikes have been carried out, I'm told. Uh, it is in response to the more than dozen strikes against U.S. bases. Uh, the message is a clear message designed uh, to Iran and its proxy forces to stop carrying out these uh, drone and rocket attacks against U.S. bases. Um, but I'm told that the planes have safely left the area and that the airstrikes uh, are complete at this time. Um, they were uh, targeting multiple locations inside Syria and Iran. You know, I, I, I really want to ask the question, what would happen under a Republican administration if they just went off and hit a foreign country, even though I'm for it? What would happen? It would be end of days. It would just be end of fucking days. And to show it's just not us, here's a BBC comedian, comedian and I cut this way down, but th this, this pretty much sums up our media too. From London, here are some news from the war in Gaza. Israel has bombed a hospital, killing hundreds of innocent people. More, more. Much better. With more details, our Middle East correspondent, Harry Whitegilt. 
Good evening, Rachel, from the illegal colony of Tel Aviv. Israeli officials has denied bombing the hospital, but we have video footage showing what really happened indeed. Absolutely shocking, Harry. Yeah. We got this video from Hamas, the most credible not-terrorist organization in the world. I'm sorry, Rachel, I've got some terrible news. The United States Pentagon... And then the ugly happened. Um, you know, you see stuff like this and you think, well, you know, it, it is what it is. We got fucking bad people. 9K. By any means necessary. From the... Desert to the sea, kill those frickin' Jews. I mean, good God. Last podcast, we found out it was the same people that was funding all the other protests. Here you got Soros deep up in this shit. Like we didn't think he was. I mean, come on. Come on. Of course he is. And then what we happened in Russia? They literally blame the IDF on NBC but this program program where you go after Jews in the airport in Russia yeah as my wife said this morning it's mega mega are the Nazis But each new Palestinian death carries a risk of emboldening Israel's enemies, isolating its friends, and inflaming old hatreds. In the Russian province of Dagestan, a pro-Palestinian mob broke into the airport and went hunting for an incoming flight from Tel Aviv, searching for Jews in the land of old pogroms. Mega. 
We gotta watch out for mega. The left and the media are so into defending him. Videos like this of little kids coming to kill the Jews don't get air. Какой целью сообщил братишка? Я за еврейцами. За еврейцами? Я тоже убить на крови, я тоже. Ты чем будешь убивать их? Ножом. Покажи нож. У меня наркотики. Ты зачем сообщил? А? Ты зачем? Из чего? А ты камни кидал там? Нет. За еврейцами, да, вы пошли? Да. Тигры здесь. Да, вот здесь стойте, поняли? Хорошо. Все, давай. Now, I want us to go into the Wayback Machine because I remember some kids. I want to say there was by the Lincoln Memorial. Nick Sandman, a Kentucky student at the center of that viral video, says he wasn't disrespectful when he appeared to confront Native American veteran Nathan Phillips. He sat down exclusively with today's Savannah Guthrie. Do you feel that you owe anybody an apology? Do you see your own fault in any way? Um, as far as standing there, I had every right to do so. I don't, I, my position is that I was not disrespectful to Mr. Phillips. I respect him. I'd like to talk to him. I mean, in hindsight, I wish we could have walked away and avoided the whole thing. Now, if I once again remember correctly, the guy was not a veteran. He was a piece of shit. Faking it. And more importantly, the kid didn't do shit. He just stood there and smiled. Smile. And then he went about suing the fuck out of CNN and all these other cocksuckers. So, we can cover misinformation disinformation yeah i'm not getting my mr t starter kit this is my wife has carried this since 1993 and she handed it to me the other day and i forgot i even had it i was like are you kidding me because this is my true blue eib 1993 ford ord coin that I forgot I had. So I put it on my necklace. Anyway. We'll cover that. A misinformation, disinformation fuck fest. But we will not cover those kids, which is really fucking horrible. And this, and I know it's long, but I'm going to play all this. When this comes, I'm playing it. You got... People ripping down signs. You got fucking protests on campus saying heinous shit. You got, they say, ten to 50,000 motherfuckers in Britain saying, from the desert to the sea, kill all damn Jews. We're not covering this shit. You want this? No, you've got why, it. Why are you filming? I'm filming you taking that off things that have been people have been taken away. Stop stop filming. We need we need help. 
Jamie Mata. I'm an associate professor of geography right here at UW. Why does our timeline for justice start on October 7th? And why did Israel call for the resignation of U.S. Secretary General for placing the October 7th attacks in the context of decades of occupation? Britannia, good series, by the way. Actually, watch that. Um, they literally uh, fucking arrested people 
or not arrested, but they they started taking signs down because they said that it was dangerous and shit. That, that's, that's not not cool. Amy Schubert's in trouble because she defended it, and and now she's they're trying to cancel her because once again, the left screams bloody murder about free speech and suppression and fascism and all that fucking shit. But when you really get down to it, no, they, they don't believe in that. I mean, they want you to shut the fuck up. That's what they want you to do. Harvard scrubs online bio student captured on video harassing Israeli classmates. Do I have this video? Oh. Hello there, Mr. Video. What do we got? I don't think I've played this, to be quite honest. Let me, uh, let's, let's listen to this bullshit. Well, that person looks like a good dude. How do we do this? The Cooper Union one there, um, that was the people in the library, about seven seconds. Full story for Dana Loesch. Um, windows on the steps, that, then they had an Israeli flag that they were cutting with scissors and stomping on. They were screaming, fuck Jews. A good Jew, a dead Jew. I was terrified. Immediately broke down. I called my best friend sobbing. She came and both were terrified. Soon cops came and they escorted me in. I was only in there for a few seconds before sirens were going off and more people were rallying her outside the Heidel, screaming, fuck Jews, to the megaphones. We had to move buildings. Never had a panic attack, but I did then. But, you know, we're not going to cover that. I mean, why the fuck would we cover that? It's this week, once again, as we'll see in our woke, we arrested motherfuckers for praying on sidewalks. That's serious. Armenia, per SOP, Badoop. And the thing is, it, it, the thing is scary, all right? The media knows this. Ugh, idiot. Wrong thing. Even Dems. Terrorists. Associated Press, Buck Rizzo, instructed reporters. But that, that's not what people think. Hamas is a terrorist group. I don't care how you butter your bread. They will fucking kill you. And then they're doing this shit. These are lost people that are dead. But they're putting an occupier over it. Because, you know, it's what we do when we're douches. Oh, I fucked up. I need that. That The only thing that literally I loved... uh, out of all these videos is this New Yorker keeping it reals 
as the young folks say. And he's not fucking Jewish, he's not Jewish, I don't know if he is or not, doesn't fucking matter. This is fucking the U.S. That's New York City. You don't have a fucking right to touch that shit. This is a free country. You can wave your Palestine flag and say death to the Jews or America whenever you want. But we can put up fucking signs, okay? We, then don't rip that down. You are doing something, you're offending us, motherfucker. Yeah, you are. When you throw that on the floor, you're littering the city. In a minute, I'm going to litter the fucking floor with you. We need more of that dude and less of these fuck tards. Here's another anti Semite. Um, the insanity that's gripped this country, unanimous Senate folk condemning students, mainly Arab Muslim, for refusing to be compliant with US backed Israel. And this is a fucking uh, professor. You can't shut us up. Free Palestine. Yeah. Freedom from what? themselves they run themselves nobody runs them if you literally had them in our country which we do thanks to the border um soon they're going to be fucking you up the london video this is horrifying how do jews stay in the uk i ask how do jews stay in America, how do you vote for Democrats? Once again, if you stumbled across me, I, I'm not a Republican. I'm just saying, how do you vote for a Democrat? This is Cory Bush. I mean, I do one of these every five. We can't be silent about Israel's ethnic cleansing campaign. Babies dead, pregnant women dead, elderly dead, generations of family dead. Millions of people in Gaza will, with nowhere to go but be, be being slaughtered. Do you must stop funding these atrocities. What atrocities? That they won't let them leave? That no other Arab country wants them because they're a bunch of crazy fucks? I don't know. I mean, it could be me. Is it me? These are in Cornell. If you see a Jewish person on campus, follow them home and slit their throats. Rats need to be eliminated. The genocidal fascist Zionist regime will be destroyed, rape, and kill all the Jew women before they birth from more Jewish Hitlers. <laughs> I just fucking... This generation, from about 35 and below, is so fucking stupid. It really hurts my pancreas. I don't know where it's at, but I think it's hurting. Jews are excrement on the face of the earth. No Jew civilian is innocent of genocide. Ali Akbar, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Kill the fucking Jews is what you just said. And another one. The Jewish house on Cornell is yet another illiteral and symbolic form of apartheid and genocide on campus. It stands on land forcibly stolen from native people of their identity race and enforces strict dietary and religious customs. And what about you? What about you? Why are you there then? I'm sure you're not a Native American. 
We wonder why our kids hate the country. They hate everything about it. APA president, American Psychiatric Association. This is the person that's telling us there's a transgender genocide because a bunch of kids answered a GLAD survey saying that they're suicidal because they don't know what sex they are, but every kid in their fucking 13 to about 17 are suicidal, including yours truly was suicidal because I couldn't get laid. A lot of hormones going on. And we have 140,000 vets dead because they didn't have ideation They killed themselves, but nobody cares. But we do care about decolonizing. Okay. That's fucking fantastic. Just fucking fantastic. This shit is just fucking... Here is a response to Maya Belak. Good morning, everyone. I just finished watching Maya Bialik's uh, recent post about how she sees things and it took October 7th for her to see things. And I'm just so, I don't know. I don't understand why it has taken so long for people to see what a lot of us have been screaming for the last four years, especially, and I hate to say it, especially the progressive Jews in America. You thought marching with these leftist organizations meant that you were one of them and that they supported you. You failed to read the charter of Black Lives Matter that had anti-Semitism written in it from the beginning. You failed to notice the anti-Semitism at the women's marches by Linda Sarsour on stage, one of the people on the board of the women's march. You failed to listen. You failed to see. And what, now you see? Now you're awake? You're disappointed in the world. I'm disappointed in you. Wow, that's that's so surprising. Not that people don't think like the left. They just don't. Ugly model loses her job because she said fuck the Jews and then everybody got upset about it. I'm not even going to show her. She's so ugly. I haven't found, you know, what, what happened to beauty? What, what do we call beauty now? I mean, I'm, I'm an ugly dude. I'm not saying I'm not. But goddamn. Nothing's left is right, upside down world. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I, don't, I don't get what we call beauty beauty. This is Ben Coggins. He's like the beginning New York Times. Crowd storms Russian airport to protest. That's not a protest. 
journalists have been allowed in Gaza. So most is coming from people haven't been allowed in Gaza already. They are focused on saving their own lives. Journalists have already been killed attempting to counter this conflict. As Congress distracts the U.S. by continuing to trip on itself, schools and hospitals are reporting being bombed in, Israel, in, in uh, Gaza. Blah, blah, blah. La, 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 la. Here's the reality. Go over there, they'll kill you. They're not not allowing you. You know that if you cross that border, you're dead meat. They're going to kill you. Sound bites I could have played today. PBS Hamas story in Israel's fascist. Hamas isn't anti-Semitic. That's a real soundbite. Oh, I'm going to play that shit. State-run Voice of America. Don't describe Hamas as terrorists. MSNBC. Trust Hamas. Israel killed hundreds at Gaza Hospital. PBS. Amapur fails to find her compassion for Jews because she's a fucking... Just a fucking Islamist. This is the AP. Once again, everybody with a fucking IQ above the potato knows that they're laying with the people so that they can't, so that Israel will kill civilians and they say leave they do everything they can but they got to secure the country because they walked in and murdered and beheaded people mostly women and minors does anybody believe that to begin with but that's from hamas here just so you don't think this is like a one-off gaza health ministry run by hamas you guys don't believe the is IDF. Gaza Health Ministry said at least 500 people killed exploded in a hospital, which is, they're still running that. This is the libertarian, as I spit all over the place, party of New Hampshire. And, and you know this is in the heart of every liberal that, that in America. Pearl Harbor was our fault. 9-11 was our fault. Russian invasion was our fault. October 7th was provoked. And where do you find these people? On TikTok, instead of playing uh Cops and robbers, we are doing Israel or Hamas. Do you condemn Hamas? I condemn the killings of Hamas, but I also do condemn the occupation which caused the killings of Hamas. Would you condemn Hamas? I'm sorry, if somebody's coming after me and my people and my land, oh, get ready, get ready. There's no nothing that I wouldn't do for my people. I think obviously it's a horrible situation, but if somebody's beating down on you over and over and over again, eventually you're gonna hit back. People. Oh, that's 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 so nice. That's that 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 that's so nice. It's hard, man. This this just just sometimes. It is so fucking hard to look at these fucking people and go, this is our world right now. I mean, 
There are some bad mega people. There are some racist people. There, there are bad people in every group. Nobody's a monolith. But we are monolith. Hamas is good because they're left. Israel's bad because they're conservative. That's just the world we live in. And, it, and it's troubling because you stare at it and go, how the fuck can you guys spend most of your time saying the right is a bunch of goddamn Nazis and you saddle up to Nazis. That, that's kind of crazy. Um, it's just, it just crazy. So, we're going to go into some woke, but before we do... Uh, uh, there it is. I wanted to play two songs like back in the day. So, um, the first one uh, made my whole family think I was psychotic or uh, suicidal or whatever because I was in the rain and it was 40 degrees and I, I've been doing some writing and my writing's been super dark. Um, and so I wrote some stuff and then I just stopped sharing to Facebook. Um, I kind of fixed it. So I don't get this. The first song is by Thrice. And I've never heard Thrice. Well, I have. When my kids were young, because they're from the 98, um, I remember them going through the screamo phase. I couldn't do it. I don't know why I couldn't do it. I mean, if you really look at uh, Mudvayne, Slipknot, it's screaming. But it was, you know, got smack, disturbed. Even Linkin Park, they were screaming. But you gotta have a hook for me to like the music. Um, this morning was Thrice, and the second song, or it's the first song we're gonna play, is Thrice, Black Honey. It's from 2016. I don't know how I missed the song. It just spoke to me um, on the level because it's pretty dark, and you know, from what he said. This is more about just an image of somebody swiping their hands at bees and getting stung and wondering why it didn't happen. But in the lyrics and in the ending, it just feels like, for me, and I would say a lot of vets, when I came back from the war, I changed. And then I changed a lot in the Mojave. And I became a different person due to loneliness and the inability to fight that loneliness my effort to fight it was to become an alcoholic which is worse because you medicate and now i am you know in pain all the time i'm sick i take a lot of medicine but i i medicate you see me pop pills um it's pain and it's mental sometimes you know i'm not going to say if you're on prescription drugs um you don't self-medicate and try to make things go away because In 2018, I was somebody. I had a job, ran a lot of stuff. I was still a person that was respected. Now I'm nobody. I'm just off the grid. Some by choice. You know, I don't call people. I left Facebook, so I lost most of my friends that way. And you start looking at life differently because you're getting older. What's my mark? Well, I have a son that cares about me. But I have a daughter who's disowned me. My grandkids I don't get to see anymore. So that was going to be my legacy. That's gone. You start thinking deep. And when I do these walks, because I wake up and with stomach pain and I go walk, um, you know, I think about a lot of stuff and I listen to lyrics. I'm a lyric guy because I used to really write a lot. Um, I stated a couple songs, 
a guy did one, another guy did one. One was rock, one was folk. And I used to write a lot of poetry um, or just feelings. And I kind of killed that person somehow through war and loneliness and alcoholism and drug addiction and all this shit I've gone through. Mentally, I just, I'm just not the same person. I don't have that confidence. And, you know, I, I think I said it last podcast. I'll say it again because these two songs kind of hit to it. Um, you, you feel invisible the older you get. You're just invisible. And it's the way life is, you know. Everybody else is young and they're looking at life in different ways. And you walk through a crowd and it's just, you're an old, bald, gray beard motherfucker. Nobody notices you anymore. And that's just weird because, unfortunately, I'm not my wife who I respect and love and worship because she has the ability, even though deep down inside and in her inner child, she hurts. She could give two fucks what people think. My brother can give, Matt in Oregon, give two fucks what people think. I used to be that person. And I don't know where he went, but somehow I lost him. And others' opinions of me matter. And when others' opinions of you matter, you know you end up um, having sensitivity issues, you know? So when I listen to these lyrics, sometimes they really hit at the core of what I dislike about myself or my life or my journey. So this Black Honey song is now my soul song. I, I love it. The second one, and I never listened to it, it's the most popular one by Highly Suspect. I was a little one guy. I love that song. Chorus, bridge, everything about that song is just beautiful. I mean, good guitars. I didn't like the ending. Um, but this is their number one song, and then I listened to it today because once again, Gigi handed it to me, and she goes, "Like, let me get a hat on so I don't blind out the, the world." Um, it, it's down to the core, you know. I say it all the time on here. We don't have a black-white problem. Um, we don't have a gay-straight problem. We have a class problem. There's haves and there's have-nots. You know, with the a sudden fixed factuation again with Taylor Swift and that dude that I want to be a Green Bay Packer, that person's a billionaire for singing songs that haven't changed since she was 16. And you stare at that and go, what the fuck? And then you have people on the street that they are homeless. They probably are just as talented as that person. Because today, I, I'm being honest, I'm not being bitter. I'm not looking at it as fuck pop. I tried to listen to the her album that's going to win the Grammy for best album. That's what they're saying. There was nothing on that that I could even for a second go, oh man, that's good. Not the beats, not the lyrics. It's just rehash shit. The lyrics always go about that everybody's a fucking piece of shit and I'm awesome. And the music is just Depeche Mode altered. I mean, it's that whole phase of electronics in the 80s. And they've altered it and they kind of married it up to rap and heavy R&B, trap mix type deep bass. It's just all been done. You know, it's just everything's been done. And I understand that everything's been done. There's nothing going to change. You know, our big changes was Nirvana and Run DMC. 
Not the Sugar Hill Gang, even though they're first. I listened to them first. But those were the big changes. That's when we started changing music. And then after that, everybody just kind of, you're doing the same shit. You might change a beat here. You might have a different hook. But lyrically, we have sang everything. Musically, we've played everything. There's not a whole lot of different riffs you're going to pull out. They're power chords, fuzz, distortion. You know, it's all been done. You know, it just, it's been done. So, um... I listened to that and just thought, what the fuck? And then these two songs were never going to be huge. And they're musically way more intricate. They have great hooks. And it's the missing thing to all the modern music that, that kills me as a person that's just really into music. It's stupid. It's gay. It's like I'm a 16-year-old again. I'm not gay in a homosexual way. Gay in a... That's just freaking weird. Why do I get so into music? Um, passion. Where's the passion where's the you're talking about an emotion or you're conveying something and this these two tracks is failure and I'm just a human right I, I'm human and you might think you're better than me but you know what no we're all the same we just get luckier breaks said it a million times on this show every one of us is lucky that we came out of a crotch in this country even the people that hate it don't realize how lucky they have it because you were born here because if your ass was born in the Hindu Kush your life sucks ass you shit in a hut you gotta bring in water there's no McDonald's there's no internet those people can't get out of that. And yes, in America, we had the same thing. Poor, middle, wealthy. And that's our struggle. It's not race. It's haves and have-nots. Happy and majority very unhappy. You have very few successes and you have a lot of failing, and that's life. But at some time, it gets to the point where, God damn, throw me a bone. And I think these songs, for me, are technically a bone. They, uh, they were awesome. So, enjoy. On the other side, we will start a woke segment. Real short one, because we went long on time.
Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it. His administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. In 2009, President Obama, motivated by Matthew's senseless murder, signed the Hate Crimes Prevention Act. But just as they believed real progress was being made, the Shepherds are now watching as scores of anti-LGBTQ measures are being considered and enacted across the country. What has your reaction been as you've seen this unfold? This battle is just the last, most vicious attack on the community. They're fighting a losing battle. A student was out riding his mountain bike and he sees what he thinks is a scarecrow. You're insulted in your soul at what you see when you first come on something like that. This is a sign of rage, something very personal, something very terrifying about that. Did he seem remorseful? Not at all. Not at all. Okay, so I'm sitting in the house and I'm bored, the wife's Peyton, and I decide to watch uh, Max. And there's a Matthew Shepard story. A new documentary about a lie. This is the Daily Mail. 
ABC, new details emerge, and Matthew Shepard from 2004. NBC, CBS. Once again, this is another one of those cases where GLAD came in and all the lefties came in and we went full-fledged woke. It fit the narrative just like the beating on Fort Campbell where it was two gay guys fighting over a pre-trans dude. That really looked like a girl. That's one of those ones where, yeah, he probably was a girl. Um, Because it, wow. It was a woman, but it wasn't. So, wanted to cover that up front. That's why I did a couple of these. And and we ran this this week, even though they fucking know it's a lie. It's a 100% lie. It's all lie all the time. ACLU is going to sue Tennessee because we're, we're passing a law that you can't get give somebody HIV. What the fuck, ACLU? What the fuck? That's some far-left fucking bullshit. That used to be like standard operating procedure. You give somebody AIDS, that's murder. I don't care if we have cures. People still die from that shit. You can't just give somebody fucking AIDS because you're gay. It wouldn't apply if it was somebody who shared needles. Then we get in our race stuff. This is uh, Daily Show, Evil White NFL men. I am Elohim. I am six. <laughs> <laughs> your first novel. Tell us about it. Because it's super popular. Everyone I'm talking to, everyone I talk to, I was saying having you on the show. And everyone's like, I read that book already. So what am I missing on? Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so my first novel is about an imagined future in which convicted wards of state can opt out of a sentence of at least 25 years and participate in death matches. Mm. So it's really about abolition of the prison system, but in a fun way. So basically, incarcerated people can fight to the death to become free? They become gladiators and they're fighting for their freedom, yeah. Yeah, don't give Eric Adams that idea, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is a satirical book, Eric Adams, please. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. You know, the reality is, the majority of people in sports now are African Americans. What are you bitching about? You gotta have a token white guy. I mean, isn't that the way it works now? South Orange Maplewood School District believes ending Halloween because of equities. Yeah. Poster hung at elementary school and CCDK12 direct kids to Christ Hotline. Kids that get connected with adult where they can discuss gender and get brainwashed. That's Denver. Good job, sis. Big sis. What the fuck? So let's uh, go ahead and do our, our just... God bless America, trans craziness. And I forgot to get the bumper. I don't think I have the bumper. Oh, fuck it. Let's put this one in there. So uh, what we have uh, for videos, mm, we have a dove one. We have a teacher and a girl, dude, dude, girl, bitching about something. Seeing as melanin-deficient Europeans created whiteness in order to enslave Africans and commit wholesale genocide, yeah, whiteness needs to end. Hi there. My name's Katie, and I am a non-binary teacher. This isn't what I'd normally wear to teach, but we're closed down today for cleaning. Thanks, COVID. But anyway, I wanted to show you guys a little something and tell you about a project that I'm doing. So follow me. This is my classroom. 
I'm pretty fond of it. It's looking a little spare right now, but we're in a bit of a transition as far as holidays go. And this is my classroom library. And as you can see, it has a lot of books, but there's one big problem with it. None of them look or act or feel like me. It looks like uh, he's having a uh, nice feast. She, all she, she, her. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's all good. But it was not all good. Hi. I use she, her pronouns. I'm not sir. Oh, so sorry. Yeah, like it, it, it's like a knife in the heart. I also, I did specifically ask ahead of time not to be called sir. Yeah, I'm just going to go. Okay. The sweet water starts at, okay. Not, not. I'm so sorry. I apologize. It's just always like a knife. It always hurts every single time. I was wondering if there's a manager I could talk to about something that happened. Yeah, I, I was called sir. Okay. It just really sucks every time it happens. I don't need to be called ma'am. I just need to not be called sir, you know? I'm partnering with Dove to talk about underarm stigma. Even though I haven't shaved my armpits in 10 years, I sometimes still get self-conscious showing my underarms. When I'm feeling the urge to shrink myself and hide parts of my body, I stretch my arms out wide and remind myself to be free in my body. Okay, I used to weigh 330 pounds. If you just kind of fell into this podcast, I was a very large man. I had like four packs of bacon stuck here like a beaver dam and I just got fat. Um, but that's just not healthy, okay? And then we had a misgender. Sorry, gotta, gotta get the misgender in because, you know, that's what it's all about. In New York, we're giving people plane tickets to go the fuck away because we were open border. We take care of people, but we're not anymore. So this is the new trend because what's happening is all of a sudden companies are saying, you know, we don't want people that sound like Nazis. So you have a lot of these posts, lots of people getting canceled, losing their job position for expressing solidarity with Palestinians suffering human rights abuses. A lot of people on the right who lament cancel culture apparently cheer this on. Suck the proverbial dick, right? Just suck the dick. Shut up. Shut up. You can't make the rules. And then this isn't fucking Calvin Ball. All right. That, that sums it up. Calvin Ball. This isn't Calvin Ball. You make the rules and you say mega are Nazis. Nazis are bad. We had a fucking general say that shit and break all the rules in UCMJ. And, and you guys jerked off with both hands. No, shut up. Blue State. This is Oregon. So get out, don't read, more reasons to, yeah, okay, got it. Out of order, all the mega crying about their constitutional rights for forgetting the part of well-regulation. This is all about the shooting. The guy killed himself. He was an ex-vet. I'm not covering it because I'm just tired of that shit. We're now going to go into another case of the police, not in our country. Um, this is actually over in... Uh, London again, uh, harassing somebody because they prayed on a street corner. And, and I want everybody to understand, this is happening in America. We're doing this while actual terrorists are coming across the fucking border. Because that's just what we do now. The laws apply to your political classification. Are you here as part of an organized protest? 
No. You're not. Are you part of a pro-life organisation or pro-choice organisation? I am, but I'm not here in that capacity. Okay. Are you protesting? No. Are you here to pray for the lives of unborn children? Uh, that, it's a little bit leading, but no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, can your actions be carried out elsewhere? I can pray elsewhere, but I, I want to pray here today. Right. Why have you chosen the location here to stand? Something really bad happened to Britain. Now, first, they can't say garage or at the hospital. That'd be cool. But, or schedule. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, but this woke shit, man. So this uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. All after transitioning, straight guy friends started hitting on me and made me feel like a piece of meat. Replies to this. Two black dudes on a porch going, mm-mm. Yeah, no, there's not enough vodka in Russia. Yeah, no, that's that's not happening because everything's out of order in my woke, and I apologize. This is an LGBTQ plus human rights activist saying our gender identity dictates by the clothes we wear now. So this is another Britain fucking weirdo. I am Eloise. I am six. Some people say gender identity is a fiction. We all have a gender identity. No, we don't. I'm looking at the way you're dressing. I'm looking at the way you're dressing. Clearly, you identify as a woman because you're dressing in a more more inclined to a female way of dressing than a, than a male. Can, can, can you let, We all have a gender identity. Mine is male. You can see in the way I dress that I'm identifying as male. And looking around the audience, looking around the audience, you have all taken, or most of you have taken, gender decisions no. about no. the way... No, 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 that's not appropriate. Replies to this winner, utterly ridiculous, so women is a dress? It's funny because tras like to claim that gender expression and gender identity are different. Can't keep up with his own talking points. And that's the thing, I mean, it's always that way. Here's another school I could do 90. It's California, it's a library. That's just wrong. This whole region over here, you know, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to zoom it in in case Matt watches. That's a male ass. No, that's like me wearing biking shorts. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, I leave the fucking mirror fogged when I get out of the bathroom. I'm the skinniest I've been since high school because I'm sick, but I don't want to see my naked body. Nobody wants to see my old man butt. It's not even ass anymore. I mean, I used to have an ass. Don't have an ass. Not that I looked at it. My wife told me I had an ass. No, I don't. South Park got in the act and they crack, cracked on DeWoke. I am Eloise. I am six. It's a brand new exclusive event with all your favorite South Park characters. There's Cartman. I had explosive diarrhea all night. Stan. Dude, school is going to be so awesome today. Butters. Oh, hamburgers. And oh my god, they killed Kenny. I like big boobs. How does this even make any sense? It makes perfect sense. I think the problem is you. That fucking last frame just sums everything up. Everything wrong. Well, not everything. That does. We got all these problems. Carjacking, fucking people fucked up. We're freshening up. 
Black Lives Matter. Hmm. Seems misplaced. Scientists used to avoid phrases like climate emergency and climate crisis. No longer. Escalating rhetoric comes as a new study shows there's just six years left to keep global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius at current CO2 emission rate. So it's global cooling, global warming, climate change, climate emergency, climate crisis. They haven't figured it out yet, but we're going to get there. Just like the... 2S LGBTQ plus IA EIEIO pound sign cosine of four. Yeah, we just keep working and, and eventually they'll work their shit out. If you really look at, you know, I, I've been doing this since 2016 for family and friends. Nothing's changed on that front. I mean, you go back to the Tom in Tucson who doesn't talk to me anymore. I don't know what I did wrong, but I emailed him once and he blew me off. That was kind of teenagers. Sorry, blurted out. Um, he handed me that stuff for Arizona, where there's LGBT or the African American Center and white people couldn't be there. Shit. And then I hit the rabbit hole of all this these like LGBT chat sites where they were talking about cis and turf and. 99 pronouns and a bitch ain't one. Yeah, that shit, it ain't changed. Uh, Libs of TikTok again. CRT is being taught. This is in uh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh school is reportedly teaching white students that they're privileged because they're white and that power structures with white people dictate marginalized people of color. So we're going we're gonna to blow this up. We're going to get all up in this. No, that's not. What the fuck? Why is it doing that? That is just so weird. If I click on a link, Chrome, it goes to the last link I clicked on Twitter. But I think it's more of a Twitter thing. So here is the actual picture. This is nice. This is really nice. This is good stuff. You can never separate parts of people and identity because each category trips to who they are. A woman who is poor and white experiences the world diversely from a woman who's rich and Hispanic. The different parts of their identities can never be entirely separated, which means just because every sports athlete is African-American, they're all millionaires, and most of our music is put out by black people or white people trying to be black people or Taylor Swift trying to put out albums she put out in 2014 or whenever the fuck she started. Folks, this is all the hoodwinking bullshit. It's like EO has always been this. Just because you're in charge, just because the army had quotas for African Americans, eh, we're still a minority. I, I've said it a billion times. I won't say it again for Matt, but I remember the survey. Literally everybody in my unit was black. There's only two white guys. But they said the majority in your unit. That's what it said. So that whole fucking survey, I guess I'm saying it anyway, went fucking tits up. Everybody thought there was racism. Reigns lens. How do people of different races experience the world? Analytical lens that examines existing power structures which are based on white privilege and perpetrates a marginalized... Blah, 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 blah. Right now, if an alien came down on our Earth, they'd be going, what are we doing? What is this fucking shit? You have a... You have a fucking... 
administration that everything is race. The world is fucking burning down around us. We're in wars. There's, there is just so much fuckitude. It's like fuckatash. That was a meal. It's a big pile of fuckatash. And if it was the T word, well, holy batshit, Batman, we'd have some fucking problems like most Ricky Tick. But we're ignoring it because, let's be honest, um, you know, home team, man, home team. It's all about the home team. And the home team are Democrats. So we're just ignoring that shit. We have debt to the highest level we fucking ever had. Every American's got to pay 15000 extra dollars. We have over 6 million motherfuckers have come into our country illegally. We're not, we're not doing anything about that. We're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna even address that we have motherfuckers coming across that literally are from over there. And I don't mean the good over there. These are motherfuckers that want to kill us, but we don't, we don't care about that. We care about Black Lives Matter paintings on a road that is paid for by all the voters in the community. And maybe they'd like to stop getting shot in the face and carjacked. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the problem. I mean, I could be because I don't understand. I don't understand what we're doing. The most insignificant shit is all this administration covers and we ignore the important shit and don't do anything about it. And, and it's piling up. It's getting to the point where we really have some major goddamn problems and we're not fixing them. And what they're going to do is what they always do. We're going to get on the other side of it and there'll be a Republican, probably not this election, but maybe it's, maybe it's next election. And well, that's the Republicans problem. We're not going to talk about how Biden spent all his time on fucking vacation. We're, we're, we're not going to talk about that. Because why would we? So I, I got two. This is America's. This is America number one. The PBS Hamas historian. Israel is fascist. Hamas isn't anti-Semitic. And then, I, God, I got this and I don't remember what the fuck I got it from. Uh, a professor and a student going on. There's a billion of these. If you haven't seen them, you really need to look at them. It, it's, um, it's some next level bullshit going on. Some of these fucking people need to lose their jobs. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. I mean, there the, obviously the the way that a number of analysts look at that is that this is a it is bloodlust, and b that it's kind of a fantasy that that Israel will be kind of wiped off the face of the earth. And so I'm just I, I, I just like to hear your take on that. 
Yeah, so there's two points that you're raising here, both of them very important. So the first in terms of the PLO's recognition of the state of Israel, we have to remember that before the PLO recognized the state of Israel, it too engaged in armed resistance. Mm-hmm. And it too was deemed to be a terrorist organization by the US and other members of the international community. And the demand on it was that it would renounce armed resistance and recognize the state of Israel in order to establish the state of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Fast forward three decades and Palestinians don't have a state. Palestinians have more entrenched occupation. We have an Israeli regime that is more fascist than it's ever been in history, that's expanding its colonial violence against Palestinians in the West Bank, in Jerusalem, and Palestinian citizens, as well as tightening the blockade. So the idea that the recognition of Israel has would pave the way for Palestinian rights has completely been undermined by the way the international community has re- refused to hold Israel accountable. And so the second point then is Hamas. Hamas sees the PLO's experience. It understands that the recognition of Israel is not going to lead to Palestinian rights because we have that history. We see that track record. And so, so the movement rather believes that the best way to, to uh, secure Palestinian liberation is through armed resistance. And at the negotiating table, which Hamas does not dismiss, it openly talks about mm-hmm. possibly negotiating, but that has to come from a position of force. I just want to say one point about Hamas's anti-Semitism. Hamas's charter was anti-Semitism. <laughs> There's no explaining. Will you condemn terrorism? You're a professor here and you won't do it. Okay, but I'm do you think the Hamas attack was terrorism to begin with? What's that? Do you think the Hamas attack was terrorism to begin with? I mean, <laughs> like, I think that there's. How do you, how do you define. Look, as, Something that's in the, in the something that's in the Jewish voice with these statement about this that like has really resonated with me is that reality all begins on when you start the clock, right? And so if you start the clock on Saturday, reality is going to look one way. If you start the clock, you know, in like the weeks prior, it's going to start a different way. No, you're trying to justify terrorism. You know, if you start the clock, you know, in 1948, it looks a different way. And so it's like it. So the first, it's like you have to acknowledge that. They went on hang gliders and killed hundreds and thousands of people. And he won't condemn it. This wasn't a military operation. It was to target and kill as many civilians as possible. It killed hundreds and thousands of people? Hundreds and thousands. Uh, sorry, I'm it keeps sorry. going up every hour, so I don't know what the exact count is. I misheard, but I just think that... You're, will you condemn terrorism? You're on the mic, you're on camera, you're a professor. Will you condemn terrorism? I'm not... This, is, this conversation is it's not It's a yes actually, or no question. It's not a yes or no question. Is, you think terrorism justified if it's against Jews? Is that what you're saying? So, uh, so that's putting words in my mouth, as you know. I'm asking you to say yes or no, and you can't do it. Because you're a professor. You're smart enough to know this. Why can't you get them there? Yeah, you're a professor. You're smart enough to know it. I'll say it again. Uh, only an advanced degree in a liberal arts college in America can make you this morally stupid. And, and to suggest it's not a yes or no question. No, actually, it is very much a yes or no question. Do you condemn terrorism? That's all. My God, we've come a long way since November 12th. 2001, haven't we? A um, little bit more of this. Well, listen. Don't give me some long answer that means nothing. Say yes or no. Will you, can, will you condemn terrorism? Well, that's like a coercive way of trying it's to talk about it. You're yes, putting it this person in a position where they, if they say anything, you're going to twist it and you're going to wrap it around. How could I twist you're, that? No, oh, you're doing it to me right now. Shut the f- 
up while I talk, okay? Like, do that for a while, okay? You are literally putting people in a position while there's a camera on and a mic in my face right now to get people to say something that's going to make you look good and your, like, side of whatever this is look good. I condemn terrorists. Go on. Talk about you all because you're incriminating your all right uh what is the difference can you find a difference it's shocking i mean i've always thought these people were scumbags i've always thought that they were on the wrong side of pretty much everything um especially on the, the kids and America and, you know, all that stuff. But this is, this is fucking crazy. And it's not isolated. It's not a few colleges. It's not a few networks. It's, it's all these motherfuckers. All these motherfuckers are deep into somehow believing that Hamas are good but everybody else, everybody else is bad. Hmm. It's um. It's rough. It's really rough. And um, I know it's been nothing but this. And starting next podcast, I'm gonna scale it back. But I have gone to the point where I don't watch the news. I watch Shapiro in the afternoon. And then I um, watch everything else and do a quick rehash before we go to bed. I'm watching foreign stuff. There's some Indian channels that are actually more uh, more news than us, which is just shocking once again. Um, I, uh, hmm. I just never thought we'd get to this point where we are so infiltrated on every level of everything that this is where we are. We are broken just constantly broken nothing that comes out of my TV or Washington DC makes any sense anymore and you think a lot is it me is it me is it me but then when you talk to everybody it's not just you it's everybody they don't understand anything from popular culture to what we're doing in the Middle East why do we have two I mean they just deployed another the whole division is gone on the 101st whole division why? Why are we sending? I know you can't hear me. Everybody there. So that wraps up that portion. We'll close in a second. I want to show you this. This is one of my pet peeves. Um, you know, on my desk, to show I'm not a fucking hypocrite, is this. This came from my stepfather. Now, when I was a kid, my stepfather fucking hated me and used to hit me a lot. And he wasn't equipped for parenting because he was sold as a kid. So he wasn't really the nicest guy in the world. 
But I show respect enough because he married my mom with three kids when we were about to be kicked out of our house. And then, in a very vulgar way, so hope my mom doesn't listen, he helped spawn my little brother, Matt, which is a great asset to my life. He's a good dude. So that's a positive. But I have things of his here, and we weren't necessarily close at all. And every time I go to an estate sale, I sing things like this. This is Captain... Oh, crap, I can't even read it. William G. Thompson. This is from South Korea. This was in a box in the garage. They were doing a estate sale, and they weren't doing a very good job at it. You know, we kind of helped them. We moved some stuff out and just not kindly said, hey, let's do this, this, and this. And they went, oh, thank you. Because they were overwhelmed. You know, their mom had died. Dad was still left. And it appears all this happened really quick. Um, uh, from the conversation I had, they're getting ready to downsize the dad. And then he, he died in his sleep. And move him out of the house. So they kind of started packing stuff up. They didn't want anything. This guy had eight boxes. He was a pilot. And he had eight boxes of awards, and they were just thrown in the garage and mementos. And, you know, it hits home because I've already tossed all mine um, because I don't think we have legacies anymore. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a generational thing like, you know, God, these goddamn kids get off my yard. That's not what I'm talking about. Back in the day, you all lived in the same area. You were close to each other, at least the same state, and you had families, and you had that grandma and grandpa's house, or dinners, or holidays. You know, even when I was a kid, we'd go to grandma, my f the guy who spawned me and then ditched us. Um, I'm not going to say his name. His mother, and she was in my life until she... She passed. I have a picture in my in the living room, me and her. I I came back from Korea, and I I stayed to see my mom, but I specifically wanted to see Grandma. She was getting really old, and we knew she was going to go. She had had a stroke, and she was very vital. She was, you know, my, my her husband had been on uh, drugs a long time. He had a mental breakdown in his fifties, and. One day he just stopped taking the drugs and he was a different person. So I got a great couple walks with him before he passed, but I was on drill sergeant duty when he died in uh, 94, five. So I didn't, I did get to say goodbye to him. I think I saw him in 93. Um, but grandma, she was the legacy to who I felt I was. You know, I have my mom and me. I look like my mother's side with some features. I was very close, or well, not close, but I really liked her brother and her mother. And it was a weird relationship. She was going to kick us out because of the divorce. I mean, it was just kind of weird. I never really put that down and didn't hold it against her like my mom did, which is, just shows how good my mom is. If, if, if my parents gave me an old house and then because I got a divorce... You kick me and my kids on the street. I don't think I'm I'm forgiving anybody. I think everybody can go fucking go to fucking hell. But well, my mom did. Um, but grandma 
grandma was just this person that was weird. I, I, I did a book report, and, and I, I just remember looking at her as, man, you are so cool. I really loved her. And it, and it broke me when she died, especially since I didn't even get to pay respect. It, it, it kind of broke me a little. It was just a really sad. I don't know why. It was the first passing until Scott Carl that I really, I heard it, but I just shoved it down because that's what I did back then. I didn't write poetry about it. Um, I just buried that shit in a box and let that fucking shit go. Um, so, you know, we had a lineage, and there's no lineage now. We're all spread across the country. Everybody does that. You get a job, you can get a job. If you're in the military, nine times out of ten, you end up where your, your last place was because you can't afford to go back because you don't have a job. So how the fuck are you going to do that? Um, and we're so fractured that there's no real family lineage, and people don't want heirlooms, and people don't care about these things. Um, when my my mother went through it, she started asking us what we wanted, and I could tell she was hurt when I go, well, I don't want your stuff. I want you to be alive. But then I started picking up that it was bothering her, so I started saying things I wanted, like her records. I have a bunch of her records, Johnny Mathis and um, Barry Manilow and things like that. Oh, you know, call me weird. I, those are very nostalgic sounds because that's what she was listening to when I was a kid. So, like, I like that music every once in a while. Just, you know, I don't do my workout to it, but I listen to it and go, man, Mandy, 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 Mandy. I write the songs, all that shit. It was good. Um, and, and then I wanted these little things, and I ended up getting the little things, and I, I wanted, they had a mountain made out of metal, and I just loved that thing, and it was on the fireplace, and they wanted to give stuff away was they're getting to that age. Mom, My mom had seen so many people die. I think she was starting to realize her mortality. I, of course, picked up I was going to die in 2002 when people died around me. Um, war tends to do that. So I sent them 150 bucks, mailed it out here. That's what it cost just to mail it because it had to be in this special thing. And it has been on my wall in the same place since the day came in here. And that was 20-something, 07, 08. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But I noticed my kids don't give a fuck. My, you know, my daughter, of course, doesn't. She's disowned us. And my son talks about a few things. You know, I fucked him on the truck. I always promised to give him a 67 Chevy. And then, of course, I sold it because life moved on. But it, it's sad to go to these estate sales because... You see things that people would want. Like if you want to remember your mom or your grandpa or, or what have you. Um, grandma, my grandma that died, literally I got that quilt. And that's all I got. But I cherish it. It's been behind my chair since I got in the house, the picture of me and grandma, and it'll be there till I die. And Gigi won't take it down because it means something to her because she loved Grandma too. Um, I guess my point is we all move on. We all get our own stuff. We all, all start our own lives. I am not going to be a hypocrite. I left and I wasn't going back. I hated Oregon after my first couple of visits, especially 2003 when I got called a baby killer because I was in greens on Halloween. Uh, not really, but you guys are killing babies over there. And some Vietnam vets had something. I just went to go buy some fucking wine. 
And then every time I go back, they're just a bunch of moon bat fucking Fruit Loops. You know, it's just a horrible place. Nobody's kind. They bump into people. They almost knocked my mom down. I ripped some dude's ass for her. And she looked at me like I was the insane one. Because they just deal with it. That's just what they do. People are rude. They're fuckheads. You just don't do it where we live. Um, you're going to miss stuff. I, I'm just telling you, you're going to miss stuff. You're going to miss your family. You're going to miss that you didn't get one thing, just something, as you get a Dixie dumpster and throw it all the fuck out. Because that's what we see. And you get great deals. And yeah, we're into a booth now. We moved our booth up. We're making a bunch of money out there selling old shut backpacks, Kevlar's. Matto, I saved you yours, but I sold two and a bunch of backpacks. I just kept like three or four, but I had so many and jerseys and army jackets, you know, the military stuff I used to wear when I was selling that crap. I'm never going to wear them again. I, I have this beautiful walking jacket and a puff coat that I love, even though it's from a company that fucking fired me because I got sick. Um, you know, I wasn't going to wear this shit, so I sold that shit. I'm selling all sorts of crap that I just, my son's not going to want. My daughter doesn't want. But when I'm gone, they're going to miss that stuff. You don't think you will, but you do. It just happens. Because even though you have your own life, that is your lineage. That's where you started. And I guess my point is, if you're of the age and your parents are starting getting close, or if you're young and you're listening to this, You'll miss those things. You'll miss your grandparents. You will have memories the older you get. That, that reel of tape that plays as we die, they say, which is probably not true because you're probably saying, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. And you're starving for oxygen because you're fucking dying. Um, those memories come back. They replay and you see it and go, Fuck. So just don't throw it out. Keep some of it. Grab a few things. As silly as this stupid thing is, I cherish it. It's just a pen holder. It's got a picture of us when we're all super young. Matt's like two feet tall and shit, all dressed up. It's a good picture. Um, you know, this one my sister sent. Silly picture. But it was a time when life was okay. We didn't know parents were going to get divorced. We didn't know the world was going to change. We didn't know we were all going to be spread all over the place not seeing everybody. You know, this picture that's always on my desk. And that shit had Maddo and Oregon. I, these are little things. They don't mean a whole lot. They're not worth any money. But they don't mean it a lot to the average person. But to me, those are things that are very precious. Um, I have one of my son. I have one of my grandson. I just don't hang them because they make me want to cry. Especially the grandson because I miss the shit out of that guy. But we're just in this mode where you just move on. You throw everything away. Everything's dispens you know, dispensable. You don't fucking care about shit. Nobody keeps anything. You don't fix things. You just go buy new. Um, I am 
100% sincere when I tell you, you will fucking regret it. Those two and their brother, who were all older than me, they heard me say, this is fucked up. Just throwing dude stuff out. Can I buy this helicopter so that it goes to a place of honor in my house? And as I walked away, the son thanked me, probably in his 60s, and I saw him move those boxes. They picked them up and moved them. Because I think they weren't thinking. They were overwhelmed, probably. They're going through grief. They might have debt. I mean, there's things I don't know, so I'm not totally judging on this, but there were so many precious little memories in that building of their mother and their father, and all they can think about was getting it out of the building so they can sell the fucking house. I get it. But in that seal and all that pressure of being the you know executor on a will, I know it, it's not easy. I've watched many people have to go through it. It's it's I, I'm, I'm sounding really callous on it. It's a lot of decisions you have to make, and they're not good decisions. Um, take a pause and at least think. Hey, I need some memories. I I need some things to look back and have that lineage and pass it on. We have a teapot for my grandma. Every time I give flowers to my wife, she puts it in that. Not because of me, because we had tea out of it when we were very young. And we brought our kids to meet great-grandma. And since her side of the family did the same thing and she didn't get to reattach to those grandparents, I had more communication because they wrote me when I was deployed and in the war because he was a soldier. That became her attachment to something. So just take a pause. There's my soapbox. Sorry. This wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Go to Flyover Politics with a K at SoundCloud, Rumble, 482467, Fop Podcast at gmail.com. I'm looking at moving the uh, podcast to someplace else. Um, I'm up to 20 bucks a month to store on SoundCloud. And uh, I got offered by a. They don't. They probably think I'm somebody important. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not. Um, but I have like seven, you know, seven hundred some odd podcasts, and they go and they they go through that and they send you emails, and it's actually a salesman. And Ombus is it Ombus? Yes, I'm moving. Om Muse. It's actually a music hosting site for artists, but they also do podcasting, and it's very inexpensive. It has a free rate of five gigs. Which would mean I've downsized, you know, I wouldn't repost everything. But I might do that, and the way that would happen is to forward it. There's a forwarding on SoundCloud that will forward links. And then, of course, here, talk about, hey, this is the new link. Because you'd have to go back and realign it to your podcast player, unless you're listening on SoundCloud. So, those are things I'm looking at. Um, You know, there's like, I think, 100 followers, average best podcast 200 people um it won't be that much of a switch you know if you you have like i have podcast addict i don't search soundcloud i just search fly over politics k and it pops up 
So that's what you'd have to do. Um, but more to follow on that. I'm just looking because it, it is getting expensive. It's stupid. You know, 20 bucks a month just to host over there. Um, might want to just move it someplace and stop paying that much money because after taxes, it's $25 to host a 70 megabyte file. Kind of dumb. Um, anyway, next show today is uh, Wednesday. We're going to go Sunday, 5 November, Year of the Lord 2023. Sunday, 5 November. November. Um, I didn't do what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about the Ducks, so uh, that was awesome to kick the shit out of Utah. I wanted to bitch about my Packers, but we'll get that in the next one because we're going to downsize this Hamas stuff. It's getting into a prolonged conflict, and um, I guess my zeal is to just show the shitheads, which I did today. So, Disconnect from all your devices, don't give the yeah yeahs, and you have a good couple days, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.